welcome to my blog audio. My name is Jackie Ford and I'm a coach, business consultant, international speaker and trainer and qualified nursing midwife. Please listen, enjoy and don't forget to comment and share if you've found this useful or leave me an email at jackie at jackieford.com. Speak soon. is called Why Hair Pulling Doesn't Help You Find a Simpler Understanding of Life, Theories, Facts and Fiction About Our Mental Health. There are currently over 450 psychological theories in the DSM in the USA. To me, that looks like 450 different ways to describe chronic thinking problems. But what is the DSM and what is the difference between a theory, fiction and a fact? The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders is the American Psychiatric Association's classification and diagnostic tool. In the United States, the DSM serves as a universal authority for psychiatric diagnosis. Now, a theory is a supposition or a system of ideas intended to explain something, especially one based on general principles independent of the thing to be explained. And fiction is something that we know is invented or untrue. And a fact is something that is known or proved to be true. Now, what I'd like to do is just to explain this via one of my clients. Mary, not her real name, had a medically diagnostic disorder of her mind called trichotillomania. Trichotillomania is an impulse control disorder that occurs in 1-4% of people and is more common in women causing a compulsion to pull hair follicles out one by one until there are huge bald areas. Mary believed her compulsion had everything to do with the anxiety and stress she had been experiencing at work and began pulling her hair out to cope and soothe her uncomfortable feelings. She became addicted to this different feeling of relief and now had a habit she just couldn't break free from. Mary had been prescribed anti-anxiolytics from her GP and had attended a course in mindfulness. However, that urge or compulsion to pull her hair out in her mind was just too strong and too juicy. So eventually she came to see me, worn out and depressed, with half of her hair missing from the back of her head, which she had become terribly self-conscious of. I asked her to take me through step by step what was going on in her head when she experienced this compulsion. I was genuinely interested in how she used her gift of thought to nurture this habit. I listened from a space of neutrality and love, a space that oozes non-judgment and acceptance. And as I listened to Mary, she quietly shared this with me. When I start to feel uncomfortable about work, I just want something to take that feeling away to feel better. I always feel better once I have pulled a hair or two out. It is like letting the steam out of a pressure cooker. Well, this thought just comes into my mind and after I have that feeling of being uneasy or uncomfortable, I feel that if I just wrap my fingers around a hair and feel how smooth and strong it is, I admire it. It feels so good. And then another thought pops into my mind to tear the hair out. And even though I feel a sharp pain, it feels like such a relief afterwards. I do this again and again until the feeling subsides. 
Sometimes it only takes one hair, and other times I have to pull out quite a few before the feeling goes away. I feel massively ashamed, and I'm scared to admit it to anyone. Mary's compulsive state is classic in its presentation. Number one, she's believing that her feeling state was being caused by something or someone outside of herself, both in what she believed and what she then did to alleviate her discomfort. Number two, the only thing keeping Mary's urges alive was her ability to repeatedly think they were real and then act on them. Number three, Mary fully believed the story she had created in her mind about why pulling a hair out by its follicle one by one was relieving tension in her mind and her body. And number four, Mary focused each time on the powerful feeling she was experiencing and she would have done almost anything to get rid of it. In her case, hair pulling alleviated that feeling, for a while at least. Our session together focused on the simple nature of thought through the stories I shared with her. And when working with an anxious patient, it is incredibly important to make sure they are at ease and able to hear what you are saying. The stories informed her indirectly about the neutral power of thought and the impulses by themselves were harmless and would pass on their own. A typical craving or urge only lasts from between 90 seconds to three minutes and then it disappears all on its own unless we choose to focus directly on it. Mary saw something. Over the next few weeks as she began to see her urges as powerless, neutral thoughts passing by her moment to moment, she began to become more relaxed. She paid them less attention. They still popped up time and time again, but with each resurgence, the emotional intensity behind them started to fade and her habit of hair pulling became less of an issue. When we are looking for relief from something that appears uncomfortable, many people turn to food, alcohol, porn, drugs or sex to help them feel something more powerful than the feelings that they're currently experiencing. The trick is to notice and be able to differentiate between when we use our thinking against us and when we use it wisely. Doing so allows us to live our lives from the beneficial standpoint of our own wisdom, our common sense. As we settle more deeply into understanding that our personal mind is always in a state of flux and that thoughts always are passing through our minds, but in themselves they mean nothing, we naturally start to rest in a more loving and caring space. Mary will continue to have urges and that's okay, knowing that her urges will pass as will the feeling of craving associated with it has helped Mary take her urges less and less seriously. So, what were the facts, fiction and theories associated with Mary's condition? Number one, the stories about how and why pulling her hair out made her feel better was just a story Mary had constructed in her head. Total fiction. Number two, Mary is simply human and was using her gifts of mind, thought and consciousness to create and solve her discomfort. Fact. And number three, the diagnosis, like most DSM diagnoses, are theories put together to try and explain symptoms that patients experience. Theory. As more of the mental health community and the general population wake up to this understanding of how our minds really work, 
I hope people will see that over the past few decades, we've innocently given away too much of our own personal power to understand our minds, to psychologists, psychiatrists, medics, and those who work in medical establishments. We have handed over the caretaking of our true psychological functioning to people who may understand how our bodies and brains work, but they're playing catch-up or have no clue about how our minds work. It's time to hold that power in our hands and encourage others to do the same. So keep sharing what you know, and if you're interested in being part of a small group of professionally trained wellbeing consultants who will be affiliated to my nonprofit, they will work with me globally to influence political and medical establishments, influence policy organisations, and change mental health from the inside out, the top down, and the bottom up. Then please contact me at Jackie at JackieFort.com to set up your interview. This comprehensive and interactive training begins in January 2018. And I'm really just asking for serious inquiries only. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, please take care, be naughty and let life live through you. All my love, Jackie.